Welcome to episode 811 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 811 of Iron Talk with Coach John Newsom, Bevan James Owens. It's take two. Take two, ready to rumble, Bevan. We're recording. We're, we use this thing called a Zoom. A Zoom handy. John bought one. It's pretty flash. It makes good sound quality. And uh, we, 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 we recorded for about 40 minutes. And then I said, John, it's not recording. And it's not that I pushed the button because I, what happens? I know I pushed the button because the earphones will only play if it's recording. Right. But then the SD card wasn't working. So it doesn't matter. We're here what, now. What, what's today's show? That one number? 811. So I was just wondering, how, what, when are we going to hit 1,000? Well, it's about 50 shows a year. Yeah. It's so about another three years. Yeah. Why is that? Still can't get the recording right. We're still bloody rookies, aren't we? But anyway, oh, we're going to have a cracking show in front well, of Well, the first 40 minutes is going to be great because we know what we're doing. <laughs> okay, uh, I talk is proudly brought to you by, we've got... Jeremy, Special Agent Ryan. Keith, the Ice Lord Manning. We don't make that mistake again, do we? <laughs> and Mark, the Missile Scudamore. And this week's show, we've got some news, we've got some hot topics, we've got uh, Age Group of the Week, High Five, Coach's Corner, Webs of the Week, Wing of the Week, Questions and answers. I guarantee you're not getting all of that. <laughs> okay, so so let's get into it. We're going to try and get the air out now, aren't we? We are. Okay, so first of all, big news is that the sub seven and sub eight information about the race and when it's happening is all being introduced. June. It is going to be June. It's going to be interesting. It's called the Phoenix sub seven and the Phoenix sub eight, powered What's by Phoenix? Zwift. Uh, it's like a uh, you look it up while I talk. Okay. It's like a foundation. I don't know exactly what their objectives are. So the event will take place on the 5th and 6th of June. Um, they've sort of given themselves a little bit of leeway there depending on what the weather's going to do. The venue is at the Dürkra uh, Lutzring, which is a famous motor racing circuit located in uh, Germany and lies uh, next to the border of Poland and the Czech Republic. And each athlete can pick up to 10 races to aid them on the race day and they can be deployed however the athlete sees fit across the three disciplines. So first up, um, the athletes, you've got Brownlee and Blumenfeld, Alistair Brownlee that is, on the boys' side. So Brownlee's 33 now and uh, Blumenfeld's 28, um, just out of interest. Brownlee's 184 centimetres and 70 kgs and then Blumenfeld is 174 centimetres and 74 kilograms. He does... I, yeah, it's is interesting. It, it? 74 is, he, he looks a bit chunky on Blumenfeld, but hey, he's the Olympic champion and he's... But that's what I, you know, because, you know, when you look at it like um, Louis, Louis, what's his name? Vincent Louis? Vincent Louis, yeah. So when you look at him, you think he's a big stocky guy, mm. you know, because in that world, he's, he's bigger, he's, he's more broad than most mm. of them. But then you think, how much lean must Alex Yee be? Oh, yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Figure. Yeah, because those guys are pretty stick figure and they look big, you know, mm. kind of normal. But in person, they probably look a lot smaller. Yeah. And then you think, jeepers, creepers, Alex Yee must be skin and bones. On the female side, you've got Lucy Charles Barkley and Nicholas Spurg. Char- Lucy Charles Barkley's 28, 170 centimetres tall, 58 kgs. Spurg, 40, uh, 166 centimetres and 53 kgs. So in terms of the course they're going to be using, uh, the swim is going to be a point-to-point course. So they're trying to sort of optimise things in terms of minimising any time lost going around swim boys. uh, And uh, it sounds like maybe they're going to have a prevailing wind that might assist them. Hopefully there's no currents because that would just be a bit... But cheat, cheating. Um, but then they get onto the bike and they've got a 10 kilometre um, route to navigate through to get to the actual racing track. And then they're going to do laps around that. It's 5.85 kilometres. Um, just going to be fast. You know, it's, it looks like a nice loop they're going to do. It'll be super smooth. Um, it's sort of in a fo- looks like it's in a forest. So I imagine you get pretty good protection from um, from any potential wind. And then the run is going to be uh, much the same, running around the track, and the it's basically flat. So going to be interesting. Um, that's the course, fifth and sixth of June. Uh, the one sort of spanner in the works is Nicholas Spurig has broken a collarbone and some ribs I saw on uh, social media the other day. So she's either, I imagine she's either not lining up or if she is lining up, she's certainly not going to be getting optimal, optimal sort of preparation. And out of the four, you know, she's got 
hasn't got a great deal of Iron Man experience in terms of, you know, you look at the others and go, they're all talking a big game here. Spirig is, she's an amazing athlete. Yeah, um, but she's, she hasn't done a lot of Ironman racing. So, interesting to see. So, with, with her, I mean, um, who's got the highest chances of, so Lucy's got a pretty good chance? Well, they're all talking up a big game. I do the math and go, bloody hell, I just think this is going to be really, really tough. But they all seem to be talking up a big game. So, Nicholas Spirig, I'm just going to have a quick Well, let's, let's just do the quick calculations. You've got to swim what? I'll do that next week because I've, I've got to sit and work that out. But okay. you're going to swim 45. I think you've got a bike. Uh, it to be about probably three like four, four, I don't know. Yeah, un, well, no, well, under, well under four. Yeah. So, I think it was 345. That gives you, um, then, it's, then it's two and a half on the run. Because you're not going to make park. a huge amount of time in the run. No. So, two, two and a half, 345, 45. Yeah. 345 is insanely fast. So, we'll discuss that maybe a bit more next week. But when you look at Nicola Spurig, um, she did do quite a bit of racing this year. Um, she won, I think it was 20. Yeah, she won everything she did, except for the Olympic Games where she got sixth. So she did uh, one, two, three, four, five um, half-distance races and took them all out. Didn't go to the World Champs or anything like that. And then when we scroll back, I'm just trying to see. I'm sure she's done Ironman somewhere. Yeah, she did Ironman Cozumel in 2014, went 9.08. Um, so that's nothing you know, overly impressive. So I think, when I look at that, I think that's the only Ironman she's done. One Ironman, and that was a training day. More or less, so we talked about she's got the talent. But we um, talked about some round one. Are you interested in watching it? I mean, I will probably watch it. I don't. I'm not going to be glued to it. And you'll kind of come and go, won't you? Yeah, but it's just you're racing a clock. Like um, I did watch most of the sub two hour run. Oh, it's two hours is different. Yeah, to eight hours. And, it, and it worked, the, the sub two worked. Yeah, you know something about it worked because we watched the whole thing, mm. and but that was and I was captivated. Mm. Whereas, uh, and, and I think the, other, the difference is, sub two hours is one of those. It's the four minute mile. You know, it's one of mm. those records in human mm. history that that was a significant. Moment. Now, admittedly, it kind of I, I the one thing I don't like about the sub two hours is it undermines the guy who actually does it without any help or, mm-hmm. or without that setup that they're done because mm. um, I think realistically that person should get more love than what mm. they did but sub seven it's, it's again phenomenal but Joe Public doesn't care about it no so um, yeah I'm not overly excited I'm definitely interested in it I'll definitely be watching part of it don't think I'll be watching all of it um, what happens also if it looks like early on they're not going to get there yeah it's just you know like, over. yeah um, you get a yeah, totally. If, if you get a, I guess if you get a puncher, they'll be able to whip that around. But you know, every minute is going to count. But if, if they get off the bike and they're going to do like a two twenty, what ain't happening? Yeah, you know, like it's. So no, it's 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 intriguing, and it's certainly. And there was an article there on try two four seven dot com. Certainly divided the triathlon communities uh, in terms of their opinions on whether this is a good thing or not. I'm personally more interested if they got ten guys doing an individual time trial. Seeing how fast they can go. Well, well, we, uh, would you be more impressed with this, the sub seven or sub eight, or what Fredino did? Probably what Fredino did. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, the variables are so much more. Mm. Um, I was talking in the first time we did this that I watched the Super League documentary on the mm-hmm. first one of the series. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Another one coming out today, I believe. Is it today? Is it or, um, uh, tomorrow? Maybe. Great. They so get it right. Mm. You know, if, with the Collins Cup, I, I was very critical of what they put out there. And and you backed me up, which is mm-hmm. rare, yeah. very rare. So um, so, but absolutely brilliant. Get it right. And the only thing I said to John earlier was Hayden Wild. We know this result. Hayden Wild won that race. Mm-hmm. Um, and the coverage didn't have, like literally they give him like mm. ten seconds. And they do the story thing really well because the story's it's the English race. So I get why they, what they've done. They've done focus all on the English athletes for that race. Um, but the race was so good. And, it, and the only other thing it did reinforce is the short shoot was stupid. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see if that sticks around. It was stupid. Because in that race, in that last race, came down to three of them. You had Louis, Brownlee, Wild, coming to the finishing shoot. Yeah. Short shoot's over. Yeah. You know, how cool would have that been? Yeah. So uh, the measure for these sort of things would be if you're, if you're sitting on a plane and you're a Joe Public sports fan – and you're going, what am I going to watch on this bloody flight trip here? And you go to the sports section, and that's there. Yeah. Do you reckon people have watched it? Because that's maybe... That's maybe, a really good way of putting it. That's your sort of audience that that's got to captivate. 
for us, we'll watch any triathlon sort of stuff. It's great. But um, the thing is, what this will do is if you start watching, you'll stay with it. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we look at the Collins Cup, you start watching, oh, what's, the, what's, what's something else I can watch? Yeah. So you know, I will give them that. Um, you know, with the short shoot, maybe if you had to use it in the first part of the race. Mm. Or, yeah. You know, the, the, like I, I like the idea of a benefit for taking a risk. Mm. But it just doesn't work. It just killed mm. it. Because it's such a cool finish. You think, oh my God, oh my God. Duck in, it's over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to kill. Okay, uh, next up we're going to talk about, uh, we had Ironman, oh, 70.3 G-Long in Australia happened over the weekend and the Dutchie took it out. Like she did. Uh, you often hear people saying, you can't, when <laughs> we say familiar. this, when we say, Bevan knows what I'm talking about, but when we've already recorded all this and you pull out your lines and then, you're just saying it again. Bevan's just go. Oh, you oh, said that, John. But hey, it's not Belinda going out. We're hearing your same stories again. You often can't. Uh, people say you can't win the sw- win the race in the swim, but you can lose it. However, at the Geelong seventy point three, Lottie William Wilms, who lives in Australia, I believe she's Dutch. Uh, she won the race in the swim because her bike and run time was more or less the same as Amelia Watkinson, who had a really solid second place finish, but she got taken down by about three minutes in the swim, and that was more or less the difference between the two of them. So Lottie Wilms first, Amelia Watkinson, uh, Kiwi based in Australia was second and Aussies at least got somebody on the podium with Grace Thick in third place. Uh, boys side of the race, it was all boys, all Australians. All Australians, Sam Appleton first, Stephen McKenna second and Josh Amberger. So it's good to see racing back in Australia. They've sort of still going th- on, the, on the other side of the Omicron peak, hopefully, um, but they're sort of, like, the, like much of the rest of the world, getting on with things and uh, racing's happening. So good on them. And the borders are open. They opened the borders yesterday for Australia. You can go travelling there. Yeah. Well, you, you have to be vexed. Got to be vexed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't wait to open our borders. Yeah. <laughs> New Zealand, we were like, look at us, we're so cool. Well, now, <laughs> now you're the idiots of the world. Yeah. Now we're like, come on, open the border. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, extra World Champs. So Extra World Champs started in about 96, I think it was. And they were based in Maui, have been a bit like Kona, always in Maui every year, but they've decided they're going to start rotating it around the world. And not rotating it where they go back to, to Maui every second year. It's going to be different locations every year. Uh, the location's going to be in Italy. It looks absolutely stunning. In Trentino, which is in the foot of the Italian Dolomites. I've got to say, we did an epic camp once through the Dolomites. Oh, did it you? was stunning. So I would, Look at the height of those mountains. Oh, it's just beautiful through there. It's going to be on October the 1st, so a little bit earlier than usual, but still that'll be a little bit chilly, you know, in a mountainous region, swimming in October. Um, but I'm sure the mountain biking and the trail running around there will be awesome. So I think it's probably going to mean you're going to end up having slightly deeper fields uh, in the pro race and in the age groupers. You might get a few triathletes that give this a crack whereas they go oh, I'm not going all the way to Hawaii but it's in Europe hey maybe maybe I'll do it end of season race still got to qualify of course um, in fact I don't know if the pros have to qualify maybe they don't but age group as well uh, but it looks cool so if you want to try a bit of exterior action um, what's the payday on exterior? Uh, it's re- World Champs was reasonable you know it was yeah. I, don't, I don't know exactly what it was but it's it was reasonable Yeah, worth going for if you're a top kahuna yeah is that, is that a lake? Certainly looks like a lake yeah, to me. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I love it when you have like a lake next to an ocean. Lake swims are great. Yeah, it's such a beautiful photo. Um, yeah. Now, one thing we were talking about in the earlier version of the show was that the, the Maui race. When we're back in the day, a lot of people would do Kona, and then the next week or so do the Maui race. Mm. But they kind of created a bit of a gap, didn't they? It was a little bit too far, unless you wanted a nice long Hawaiian holiday. Which hey, nobody's complaining about yeah. doing that. Uh, it was just a little bit too far, so you didn't really get that sort of crossover. Still got a couple, of, few people doing it, but this year we had Hayden Wild take it out, uh, and Flora Duffy smoked all the females. Oh, really? Hmm. It's interesting they turn up. Like I remember um, Hamish did it one year, didn't he? Uh, uh, Hamish Carter. Yeah, he won it one year. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think he. I don't know if he won Maui. But he won. He he raced one in New Zealand. He was just one of those guys who's good at everything. Just gets on a mountain bike and just uh, cranks it. And he was um, good swimmer, good runner. But he definitely won in New Zealand next year. Whether Does he, he ever compete at all now? Sorry, is, is he an athlete at all now? Oh, very very occasionally does a, a race. Probably more gets pressured to do it. He certainly doesn't race to compete. I remember he did. I think he did one of the ITU races in Auckland. And yeah, he was not at the front of the age group or anything like that from from memory. 
One other bit of news, while Beerman's looking that up, is PTO have made a little announcement. So if you want to get yourself onto the US Open or the Canadian Open, um, they've got a rebate program. So basically you go and encourage three people you know to go and race and you'll get 100% of your entry fee back. Now they did slash the entry fee um, in half a couple of weeks ago. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how these races go because... Uh, Lots of athletes are already going to have their season sort of locked and loaded. I'm talking age group athletes. The pros can change on a whim. That's no problem for them. But so many people are going to have rollover events and catching up from previous years, have everything locked and loaded. So I really hope these races are a success. And I would really encourage you guys to go and sign up if you live anywhere near these events because they're going to be epic. Okay, a couple of questions. I'm going to ask a question I asked earlier because it's a good question. Mm. Um, what's the number that would be a pass? Hmm. And I, what I mean by that, because you didn't understand my question when I first did, is how many age group athletes do they have to get there where they go, yep, that's good enough? I would say um, if we go uh, an A, B and C mark would be, a C would be say 500 and we're talking doing the their, their sort of half iron-ish type distance. A C would be 500, you go, hmm. That was a bit shit, but it was it was okay. Yep. Yeah, we passed. I'd say a thousand would be a really good result, and maybe fifteen hundred or above would be, mate. We just rocked that. That was awesome. When you consider at a seventy point three, they're going to get anywhere between fifteen hundred and maybe about probably about four thousand people racing. I imagine. Um, so if they can get fifteen hundred, I think they should be pretty stoked with that financially. They'll that'd probably break them even if they were, a thousand might break them even if they're lucky, maybe 1500, I'd imagine. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be first year. big sponsors and stuff. Sorry? Well, surely age group racing is cream on top. Mm, hopefully. Mm. You know, because how much more does it, you know, you've got the courses there, how much more is it going to cost you to put on an age group race? Uh, assuming they use the same course, it's just time, it's, yeah, it's, I don't know, I'd be interested, um, that's a good question actually, Bevan, because, Will they try to get slightly innovative with the course designs for the pro race or will they make it, you know, Same like thing. a stock standard, you know, yeah. one or two lap on the bike, couple of laps on the run, or will they try to go innovative and go multi-lap course on the, the bike and run and, and try to make it a bit more spectator-friendly and, and a bit more innovative? So that's going to be an Because that's the other thing, that's, you know, now, I know the first Collins Cup was based around COVID, so the crowds were pretty crap. Um, but the fact is you bring all those age groupers, you also bring in a crowd. Mm. You know, so for because the, they won't be racing at the same time, obviously. Yeah. Um, so. So when you put it that way, then the traffic management will be significantly higher and all that stuff. If they go pros one day, age group is the next. True. Who, who knows? So. But they're also they're going to be backing. They can, mm. So it's big sponsors and stuff putting on the race. Yeah, I, I wonder. If who knows if sponsors are going to jump on board? Yeah, one. It's more just the the, the financial backers of the of the PTO. Oh, actually, going back it. to that thing we were talking about earlier, uh, what was it called? The, the Phoenix. It seems like it's the guy, same guy. Uh, is it Sebastian? Clue Kites, whatever it is. Right. Um, it's, it's a philanthropist. Philanthropist. And business <laughs> Polish man. He's the guy who backed PTO, isn't he? Uh, no. Oh, he's not? No. Okay. Well, basically, what they're doing is basically getting kids into exercise. It sounds like they're doing an amazing job. Other question I had um, Is it worth it? Like, is this referral thing. Is it. Is it if you're going anyway. Yeah, no, yeah, you save. What was it? I no, think. no, but I get, I get. Hey, hey, if you can get three for, mates for PTO. Along, yeah, like, what, what is it needed? Yeah, I, for me, if you're going to go, you're going to go. Yeah. Um, and so you essentially you're throwing away three hundred ninety-five bucks. Yeah. I don't know. It's one of those things. If you get a few people doing it, it's worthwhile. You probably don't need that many people to do it to make it worthwhile. I don't know. Not necessarily. I, I, I just. I'd be curious to see, and I wouldn't even know this, but how many people actually do you end up using a referral system? Mm. And is it, let's say it's like, you know, you, me, Murray, and Phil. If it was your you'd, local... You'd probably just cut the deviated up anyway, wouldn't you? Yeah, and if it was your local sort of 10K, I'd bet you get a lot of more people doing it because you get a lot of fringe athletes. Whereas yeah. the type of athletes that are going to enter this race are probably going to be your good old regular triathletes that, you know... They're okay spending money on entry fees. So, yeah. yeah, I just hope these races are a huge success. On a pro side of it, they're going to be awesome. On an A-trip side of it, I'd be jumping on it just to go and see the pro spectacle um, and sort of tying it into the season. So, good go, luck. Going back to Xterra, we've had some rock stars win it. Okay, so you've had uh, Jimmy Riccatello. Yeah. He won the first one. Mike Pig. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember it's Stoltz. It's oh, yeah, he's, he, he's a South African dude. He was uh, he was an Xterra Guru. Oh, was he? I don't know how many times he won that, but he won a lot of exterior races. He, he won it. He won it a few couple of times. Nicolanos. 
Right. Carter won it in 2006. Oh, good memory, Bevan. Yeah, I do remember that. Uh, who else we got here? Michael Weiss. Yeah. Uh, Gomez. Hayden Wilde. Uh, those are the main ones I know, but that's still that's pretty. What about good. some female love? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going there. I'm going there. Go. You got Laura, um, Kaylee Jones. You've got. Oh yeah. Um. Uh. Jamie. No. Melissa McQuaid. Is that name? That's yeah. She's Julie won. Dibbins. All right. Yep. Yeah. It's Flora Duffy. She's won a couple of times. Nikki Samuels. Yeah. Kiwi. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Leslie Patterson. Yeah. She. Well, she's an exterior specialist. Yeah. So they've had some rock stars. Mm-hmm. You know, the field's never that strong. Mm-hmm. Deep, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's not that deep, but come on, those names, those are the right names, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So good stuff. Okay, and what will be interesting is if they go to Europe, do they get a deeper field? Mm, it's Kona time, but it's Kona time, but it's also the end of the World, World Triathlon Series. Yeah. So, but then the Super League might be on. So, you, you're bloody pushing shit up a hell, aren't you? <laughs> shit up hell. Okay, this week's discussion. Uh, let me pull it up here. I've got to go back to my notes to get where we Winter we're. Olympics. Are there any sort of crossover sport, any, any Winter Olympic sports that either you've done or you'd think might benefit your triathlon racing or training? Uh, okay, so you go first, John, because I'm still Speed walk Richard Swan. A few people have had this uh, as a bit of a joke. Ficker skating. If you're Russian with all those drugs, which are part of the training program, dot, 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 what are your thoughts on that young girl? A, I feel sorry for her, but B, how did they let her compete? Yeah, it was a bizarre one. Yeah, uh, she shouldn't have been competing, but like, 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 who runs that organisation? Yeah, like that's one hundred and one. Yeah, you get caught for drugs, you don't get to compete. Yeah, but you haven't had your hearing and things like that, and I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Uh, Andreas Rolf, Wolf. Uh, triathlon training can really help. Cross-country skiers maintain some fitness during the snowless season. So it goes both ways. Try training can help the um, the Winter Olympic athletes too. Okay, John, Jelly Hendrickson's got speed skating doesn't look like it, but it seems to overlap really well with cycling. And then I think someone came back to them. Good old George Samuel said, I used to roller skate, speed skate before triathlon. A lot of ice skaters would do this professionally in summer. And when I switched to triathlon, I was already very strong on uh so it definitely does help mr bigfoot yuri says cross-country skiing i've seen instagram posts of yarn doing it so i figured it's got to be some benefit oh there you go andrew kent's got ice hockey would be good for practicing for mass swim start one interesting one here um matt salter says a biathlon question mark um so the biathlon for people that didn't watch it is when you do this cross-country skiing and, and shoot. the shooting yeah one of the things that would be really beneficial when you do that is the focus and calmness it requires to shoot that those guns when you're puffing and panting and you're going through the roof that the clarity you have to have in your head would be fantastic for those crunch moments in the swim when you're getting the crap beaten out of you and also just clarity during the race just having that ability to calm pause, down yeah. and pause and just get your shit together would It'd be, be cool to have triathlon for shooting yeah, well, you know what I mean. Like, like I totally random, never happened. But imagine having, you know, like, like in a real sprint. Hmm. So, like, a super league, hmm. and they put a shooting league in there. Well, they do it. They've occasionally done it in some sort of multi-sport type races. Oh, so we used to have one in New Zealand that Braden Curry helped set up, called the Red Bull Defiance. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And in that, they had shooting and archery and things like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, different skills. Because I love it. Like you think of a super league length race or sprint, you know, <laughs> yeah. like. You know, we just balls to the wall, yeah. you know, and then, you yeah. know, you got to stop and shoot for a minute. Yeah. You know, like that's going to be the hardest thing ever. Be tricky. Arnold here's got, we do lots of cross-country skiing over winter here and ski skiers are monster athletes. Joseph Mulhall, winter triathlon, ski, bike, run. Yeah. Definitely. Good old Christine Hemphill's got, when I was racing triathlon, seriously, I was living in the Alps and trained with the winter X skiing and winter X skiing. Uh, Great for fitness and strength. Easy transition back to the bike in spring if you just kept on the rollers once or twice a week. Michael Kennedy would love to see a Winter Olympics triathlon. And I reckon this will, the, the World Triathlon will be lobbying hard to try to get that in. They've now got a Winter sort of World Championships. But either as Joseph Mulhall said, uh, ski, bike, run. So the bike would be a mountain bike. Or uh, the format they currently do with the winter sort of races is to do skiing and mountain biking. But yeah, ski bike run would, would be a nice sort of combination. How long would you ski for? 
Is it cross country skiing? Yeah, I don't know. I, um, I don't know. Or do they do like for, a downhill? What was it one? You have that, that multi-sport race, don't they? In Christchurch, we have a downhill one. That's, that's not really Winter Olympics. You ski down a hill, you bike, mountain bike down the rest of the hill, and then in this one, you kayak, and then you run a little bit. Run a little bit. And then there's another one down south where you bike back up another ski field resort. So, yeah, mountain biking is not a classic sort of winter sport, but hey, it's um, something to think about. People do mountain bike in those conditions. Yeah, Yeah. fat bikes, fat fat tires. Yeah. John Weir's got. I'll see everyone speed skating cross country and raise you with ice hockey. You're still working the legs and doing more short, high intensity bursts to work something different. So unsurprisingly, most people were commenting on here were saying cross country skiing and uh, ice skating, which should be yeah. Look, I haven't done either of them uh, at all. I've never tried cross country skiing. It looks cool. Um, don't know whether I enjoy it or not. But yeah, England got into it. Remember? Yeah, we had yeah. a guy in, in Christchurch who did it. We've only got well, no, we might have other facilities we can use, but we've got one sort of purpose-built facility down near Wanaka. Uh, so I haven't tried either of them, but I know from what plenty of people say, those athletes are beasts. There's a really good crossover between the cross-country um, ability and running. Not always, but it sounds like cross-country skiers are often very good runners. Fitness is fantastic, but apparently they're also just good runners. And the speed skaters, I think it's probably a little bit like rowing. The crossover to cycling is pretty immense. And there's a, you know, when you think of some of the best cyclists in the world, they're often Dutchies, and Dutchies love to ride their bikes, and they also do insanely well at that, especially the long course um, speed skating they seem to do very well at, and the, and the short track stuff. So I think if you've got the opportunity where you live in the world to do some of that stuff, I certainly don't think it's going to do your tri-training any harm at all. It must be bizarre when you do winter sports because you've got so much gear on. Mm-hmm. You know, imagine doing the cross-country skiing. Oh, you'd have to have serious breathable stuff. Yeah, you, you really would, wouldn't you? You know, because, you, you, you know, because they, they say those those athletes are the fits <laughs> of a lot, aren't they? Did you see the guy's penis froze? <laughs> I did see that. <laughs> Shouldn't oh, laugh at other people's misfortune, but that was pretty funny. Well, God, it was cold. You'd be a bit worried. Yeah. You want to get a hammer and chop it off? <laughs> um... We were talking before in the first version of the show. Uh, uh, Nico Peldius, who's a Kiwi boy, won the the skiing halfpipe. Mm-hmm. And we're just saying, we're talking about how the, the the difference between the summer and winter Olympics is winter athletes have way more risk. A lot of the sports do, yeah, the extreme sports. And we could only think of cycling, really, in, in the Summer Olympics, which has some, some risk associated with it. There's um, shooting and archery and things like that. You wouldn't want to get on the wrong end of that. And... But in terms of regularity of injuries, uh, those other ones, you know, in, in summer sports, yeah, pull yeah. muscles yeah, left, yeah, right, yeah, and totally. centre. But you, you know, we're watching Nico, and one of the guys he competed with got it was so windy. It, was, it actually mm. wasn't a very good event to watch because the conditions were terrible. But our guy won, so it's the main thing. But uh, yeah, <laughs> there's one guy. It looked like he broke in half. Yeah, he just hit the lip and just snapped into. But he didn't, and he got up and finished his run. Well, he yeah. kind of got down the hill, but. Oh, absolute beast. It was indeed. Yeah. So uh, let's go into this week's discussion. This week's discussion with the sub seven happen. What we're saying is uh, each athlete can have a team of 10 to support draft during the race. If you're in charge of how you'd be structure, if you're in charge, how would you structure and implement the support athletes and which athletes would you try to invite on your team? I'm not going to add the next bit because it's too long. So... Basically, what you can choose is you can choose 10 athletes, mm-hmm. you can use them any way you want, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Yep. And we'll go back into that next And week. who would you try to bring? It's going to be interesting. Very interesting. Because most of the triathletes aren't going to be strong enough to do this, and then you've got to go to single discipline athletes, just if they want to do it, you have to pay them a forkload to get somebody to come and do it for you. It's going to be interesting. You've been saying that. Let's say cycling. Mm-hmm. You don't need the world champs. You don't need the world champs. You know, you could probably get some good regional cyclists who are going to be good enough to pop out 180 at the speed you need to go. Yeah, but how many people want to go and do a 180-kilometre time trial? Well, you're <laughs> not because you could be in a draft pack. Mm. Yeah, you know? I think it's going to be interesting to see who they get to, we to rock on this up for next week, guys. Okay. Each group of the week. week. Now, we're going, to give, we're going to give shit to the guy who gave us shit. Yeah. So good old Pat, the Divider 1 Walkington, sent through an age grouper last week or a couple weeks ago, and we read out the age grouper. Turns out there was an email he sent us earlier, and he's got here. Thanks for reading our age group of the week, but sharpen up. 
you read out the one from over a year ago, which you've already read on the show. Now, we admit we were maybe not that sharp there. Maybe I shouldn't have continued this in an old email thread, so I'll take 30% of the blame. I think we give him 50. Yeah, no, I gave you him 30, you 60, and me 10. Yeah. Which is fair. And actually, fair. it's probably your fault, because I forwarded actually, it to you. Actually, we should give Gmail some fault here. Yeah, actually, the big brother. <laughs> Gmail. I, I don't really, I use Gmail, but I don't use the online browser. I've got, I've got I just use mail. Oh, okay. And that's fine, but I do struggle a bit with the online oh, so interface. Oh, yeah, I only use it online. Yes, yeah, and I think that's where I cocked up. I was copying and pasting from that, and I just got the wrong thread. Uh, so it is. So that's my ten percent. Gmail. So somehow I get sixty percent. Yeah. <laughs> so then he sent through a new one. I'm going to crap at the end of here. So last month, me and two of my triathlons, triathletes who I coach went and did the. PTs? The Pel- Pelts Night Pelts Run. Night Run in Riverton Pike, UK. A gnarly hill off-road 10k run in the dark. And the boys did good. They came in first place, Sam in third, and me in fourth, winning three trophies. Proud. Uh, three trophies between us. Not bad considering we're triathletes and not trained fell runners. So I was so proud when Dave and Sab stood on the podium. We all went to the event in the same car together. Not often you get to travel to a race with your mates and win everything. Celebrated with McDonald's afterwards, Sam and Dave asked Dave why he didn't pinch the second guy's head torch and we could have taken the three podium slots. Yeah, Dave, pick up your game, pinch a torch, and then you could have got your coach onto the podium as well. Now, while I'm giving Pat the divider one Walkington some crap for oh, we, here. We can land on, on multiple directions here on Pat. Mul- multiple directions. Good old Dave and Sam, what's your last name? <laughs> and he signs off his whole name here for himself with the nickname with the nickname doesn't give old Dave and Sam the last name love yeah so as a, as a coach you're endorsing McDonald's after a race now do you, do you ever have McDonald's well here we go <laughs> here we go so then we've got these races the race that I did a few weeks ago is a fr- on a Friday night and it's way out in the country in the middle of nowhere and it's 40, 40 minute drive to get home and, and you, you're leaving at I don't know 7.38 at night was that the one that's selling yeah yep and when you come home, you're going past one uh-huh. McDonald's and KFC. Nobody's had dinner. It's like the kids, it's the one chance to get McDonald's. And I was in there going, this is just rubbish. And I left. No, no, it did meet expectations because it was rubbish. Yep. And that's what I expected. What'd eat. you get? A McChicken, I think, or something like that. Yeah. When you get a Big Mac? Rubbish. Sorry? When you get a Big Mac? They're all rubbish. <laughs> they're, they're all rubbish. So yeah, I could have gone down there. I had far. McDonald's. I had McDonald's for the first time in probably ten years a few weeks ago because we, if Joe gets a little bit drunk, mm. not that she gets drunk, but she gets a bit happy. I think you see this. You're coming home from yeah, and we know we should get we'll get a Burger King. Yeah, you know, and she wanted it wasn't open, mm. so it was our only option. And I did get because they had the Granddaddy Big Mac. Mm. I was pretty happy. I to admit, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't go back, yeah. but. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. Okay. Dave, Dave and Sam. Dave, the no nut last name, Dave and Sam. You are, you are our age, age group of, of the week. Okay. Uh, Pros of, of the week. week. See, guys, we've got this far. We didn't continue this bit, <laughs> and we hadn't even pushed record. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so two Frenchies, John. We have. Now, I was only going to do one here, but I got on to uh, our first one. Uh, I'm going to pr- mispronounce this, uh, Marjolaine Pierre, okay. who's a Frenchie. And the reason I picked her is because she got third at Challenge Daytona in what looks to be her first year of long course racing. Wow. Um, now she's That's a, great. A, she's a young athlete, uh, only 22 years of age. But man, she's had a very impressive uh, first sort of season racing in the pro ranks. So she got third at Challenge Daytona. What was so impressive there, she ran a 104.56. Um, we compare that to Jarek, Jackie Herring, who is one of the top runners. She only ran a 106. She outran Jody Simpson, who ran a 108, and Laura Siddle, 109. So she smoked it, got third place, which is awesome. She's only 22. She looks I saw a little YouTube clip. She looked great when she's running. Swimming, a mm, little bit of a question mark there. Uh, not so hot. And biking's, biking's okay. So she finished third in Daytona. She won Portugal 70.3. She won a long-distance race in France, the Triathlon Long Royale. She got second at Gerard Mir Long Distance. That's an awesome race. I've done a sprint there. She got fifth at Alpe d'Huez. Got a bit dominated on the bike there. And then she got second at the Tri Games Cannes sur Mer. So pretty bloody impressive first season. What I will say about these young athletes these days... She gets social, doesn't she? 
not a lot of no websites or anything like that to find a lot of background information. So I sort of looked at her her sort of Instagram posts and she looks like she's traveling some pretty cool places and doing some YouTube clips, but they're all in French. But then I noticed there was a guy in there as well with her, which is obviously her boyfriend. Yep. And I was trying to f- figure out he looked quite good. And I think I figured it out. Could be wrong here. Don't take this as fact. But I think her partner is uh, Clement uh, Mignon, who has also had an amazing season. He's a young Frenchie as well, uh, 23 years of age. And his season has been amazing as well. It looks like it's his more or less his first season. He did one race in 2020, which is where he got 13th at a 70.3 in France. Um, But this season, he won the Tri Games uh, in Cannes-sur-Mer, first in Andorra 70.3, first at Alpe d'Huez Triathlon, first at the Girard Mer Long Distance, didn't have such a great race at the 70.3 Worlds, only 16th, and then got fourth at uh, 70.3 Portugal. So two athletes we should be looking out for. I did find on the World Triathlon page, they both actually went and did the 2018, I think it was, French junior champs and both got a bit uh, smoked, but maybe they met there and it's been three years and in that time they have cranked it. And So, so two, you're predicting their relationship here, are you? Pretty confident in it, but not 100%. So they met 100%. there? Oh, I, don't, I don't know if they, they met there, but uh, I'm pretty confident they're in a relationship together. Uh, and they're both just names to watch. Young athletes and very impressive seasons. There you go. So she's, so, she's on Instagram. One thing she has done very well is if you go to her PTA page. PTA? Or PTO, sorry. Yeah. She's got all her YouTube clips up there. She's, you they know, do that for everybody. It's great. And that's, yeah. know, that's one of the big things about what PTO can do is give these pros more of a platform to, to get their names out there, get more followers. So A, they're giving them lots of money, but B, they're giving them a bigger platform to try to build their brand and then hopefully they can get you know better sponsorship and so on. So yeah, she's a bit of a bit of a YouTuber. So if you can speak French, uh, listen in. And uh, she I'll looks like she's traveling some awesome places. Wait a second, here's who's here's her talking. Wait a second. That's him? Yeah. I, I imagine. Clement Mignon. Wait a second, where's she? He's, he's, that's doing, that's showing you swim, swim, swim chords. Yep, they're, they're teaching you how you swim chords. So if you know some French and you want to learn some swim chords, go check it out. So Marjoliane Perrier and Clement Mion, two names to watch out for on the pro front in 2022. Okay, let's go rock and roll. Let's go to website, website of the week. week. This is called Derailer Hanger. Dot com. I'll put a link to it in the website. So what is it, John? I may have had this website before, but it's really important. And a few of these other things we're going to do today are quite topical around my life from okay. the last week you, or so. Do you have a problem with directly? <laughs> well, I indirectly did. So I went home on uh, I mean, Tuesday or Wednesday last week. I think it was Wednesday. Belinda was supposed to be on the bike in the garage when I got home okay. from training. She wasn't there. She's gone out for a run. I said, oh, that's a bit odd. I thought you were going for a bike this morning. She goes, yeah, there's a problem with the bike in the garage. Mm. I went in there, I said, what's it? She goes, it's broken. I said, a little bit broken or really broken? She's really broken. Did she break it? Well, <laughs> who's, taking the, who's taking the blame? There's three people. No one's accepting uh, responsibility for this someone, one. Someone knows it happened. Because when the rear derailleur breaks, you know. So a dera- the derailleur hanger, for those of you that don't know, is the bit that attaches to your frame and it holds your rear derailleur on, which changes your gears on your back wheel. Uh, it, it had broken off. It snapped, completely severed off, which is relatively uncommon. Someone's fibbing. Yeah. You know that that breaks off. And so the re- there's a few reasons why derailleur hangers break off. Um, but the number one thing here is everyone should have a spare derailleur hanger as they're unique to your bike. There's just hundreds of different variations. So if you don't have a spare derailleur hanger, go to uh, you can either go back to the manufacturer of your bike or your bike shop to get one, but you probably have to wait a bit of time. Uh, de- but otherwise, you go to derail- derailerhanger.com. This is awesome, isn't it? And they've got all the different sort of um, sorts on there, and they'll send it out to you, and Bob's your uncle. You're, you're away. Um, what's, what's your, what's your um, bike? I've got a Cube Arium. Cube, okay. That's uh, and cube. so the reason your derailer hanger will break and the reason why it's really important that you've got a spare one, firstly, if you crash, it's designed so it's going to break off so it doesn't completely screw your frame. So there's a chance you can break it when, it, when you crash. Second one, when you're traveling, um, it can break if you've got a soft bag or even if you've got a hard bag and things get really um, crushed in there, you can 
bend or break your derailleur hanger. And thirdly, which is what happened here, is a little bit of operator error. Uh, and you can sever it off there. So what, what I mean by operator error is one thing that we try to go on and on with our junior athletes is if you're in your big chain ring on the front, so your, um, your big chain ring, you got your big and your small, if you're on your big, if you go big chain ring on the front and then you go into your biggest gear or your, your easiest gear on the back, the angle of that is really severe and that's what can often cause people to break their derailleur hangers. So that is what I believe happened in this instance. Oh, really? Was somebody, I think, had left it in that gear uh, and the big chain ring and the smallest gear, the next person got on, started pedaling, and that's when it broke off. And then they left it there. It's Thomas, isn't it? Uh, well, somebody left it in that position. Someone else pedaled. Uh, someone else didn't have anything to do, do you, with do it, but still, do <laughs> still got blamed for it. Okay. However, luckily, I had a spare derailleur hanger, and so I was able to fix it. Oh, handyman. So there so you it's go. It's a pretty amazing site, actually. They've obviously put a lot of work into it, because like I've gone to Cube, and you look at bikes, Cube's got a lot of bikes, mm -hmm. like lots of bikes, and they've got every bike, like what was yours, an Arium, was it? Arium, yeah. So it's got the Arium here, but it's got all the different models of Arium. Do you need a new model? Mm, no, but I've got a spare derailleur hanger, so I don't need to worry about okay, it too much. Let's say you the HPC, click on that, then it just shows you exactly where we are, add to cart, done. Yeah. So really great. If you're and also in emergencies, if you're in the states, um, I Especially think they get traveling pretty quickly because that's one of the things that breaks when you're traveling, isn't it? Yeah. And it was a good reminder for me. So I, because I hopefully be traveling in the next few months, when I've got my little travel bag, my bum bag that yeah. I always travel with, and that's got my derailleur hangers. I Wait, check when you're that on I've the plane, you have your derailleur bag. Sorry, you have your bum bag. You have a derailleur in your bum bag. Yeah, it's when it's my travel bag, so I never forget it. Oh. When I travel, my derailleur hangers are going with me. Uh, so I have one for my road bike, one for my TT bike, and yeah, so make sure you've got a spare derailleur hanger. Okay, website is derailleurhanger.com. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Now, John, do you want to do Coach's Corner? Or I'll, do, I'll do the first high five. Okay. We might get through both, but... No, we will. We'll, we'll save one. Save some content. Okay. <laughs> We've got to get an hour. One, oh. two, ah. Oh. High One, five, two, three, four. High, high five. five. Okay. Five things that can that will eventually happen to you in a race. We were supposed to have an interview today, but they, they, they got cancelled like canceled, last minute on us. And so I had to bring up a few things here. But these were five things I was, I was clutching at straws. And I thought, these things are going to happen to you eventually. I've had some of these things happen to me. In most cases, there's a you can be prepared and you can avoid some serious uh, some serious issues. I have to admit, let's have a look. Number one. We've already just discussed a broken derailleur hanger. So this is when you're going to a race, broken derailleur hanger. Refer to our website, won't be an issue. You go and fix it. If it happens in the race, you're a bit screwed. But I, this has happened to me. First time I went to Hawaii, um, got over there, my derailleur hanger didn't break, but it got bent in the flight. Uh, That's what happens, eh? And it's like, you're screwed. Because what happens with them, if you try to straighten up, they can quite often break. Um, luckily, the guys over in Hawaii... And also, you can be careful with the frame. It. Uh, not so much there. Uh, I mean, your frame can get bent, but the derailleur hanger is designed so it doesn't affect your frame. Um, so luckily, I managed to have the guys fix it, but I didn't have a spare derailleur hanger. So that's number point number one, get a spare derailleur hanger. Point number two, flat uh, power meter or HRM not picking up. So often, very often this happens in races. Power meter either doesn't work or um, heart rate monitor doesn't pick pick up. So you need to be ready for that in terms of having a game plan if they just completely crap themselves and don't work at all. Um, however, in most circumstances, if you start your bike ride and then it's not working, if you turn your, your, your bike computer off and then turn it back on, chances are they'll probably connect. Um, if you've got a flat battery, they won't. Um, but you need to have a backup plan if your devices don't aren't going to be working or if one of your devices isn't working, whether it be your heart rate monitor or your power meter. So you need to have a plan for those instances. That, that, that happens on race day in the race. It happens often. From a coaching point of view, the amount of times people's um, power meters have not worked is it's fairly frequent. Yeah. It'd be the most important thing on race day. Mm. Have that judged up. Okay, flat uh, battery, tap but, battery. So flat DI2 or ETAP battery. So if some of you guys 
won't have a clue what that means, but DI2 is the Shimano version of electronic shifting oh, okay. on your bike. Um, ETAP is uh, the SRAM version. So a DI2 battery will last between two and 5,000 kilometres, and ETAP will last um, around about 60 hours, so at the lower end of what DI2... And are they chargeable, or do you have to buy batteries? Char- chargeable. Okay. So main tip here is set yourself a calendar reminder that you're always going to recharge your battery whether it be every month or every two months i have mine set to every month and just charge it so it's it's never going to go flat i have had it go flat when i haven't charged it what do you you're just stuck in the gear are you you're stuck in the gear you lose it. you lose your um front chain ring first and then you lose your back chain ring uh late later on so you can normally get through a ride if you're in a race so you lose your front chain ring you're a bit screwed, uh, and I've had that happen to people before. And the other thing is, it's not. You, you might think, oh, "I'll charge my charge it before I travel to a race." That's great, but what can happen in races? They can go flat. Either you have something pressing against it the whole way through. So I encourage people to charge their um, units bef- pre-race and make sure it's all absolutely humming and check your battery life. Okay, puncture. It's going to happen at some you, stage you know of a race. You've happened to me. Mm. Touch wood. Uh, well, I'm yep. not really racing that is, but yep. I was very lucky on the punchy function. So make sure, it, it baffles me when you go to races, that you look at bikes and you go, you've got no spear whatsoever on that bike. Yeah. You got, if, if you're riding tubulars or, you know, clinches or whatever, you've got no spear. It's like, what are you going to do if you get a punch? You're just going to pull out. Especially when you've got to travel what for races. Because I used to put mine in my pack, I used to have a thing in my, in my transition bag mm-hmm. and I had everything wrapped around. Mm-hmm. Why do I have that, not, not a puncher on my bike? don't know Come so on, especially if you're riding tubulars make sure you know how to change them and you've actually had a little bit of a practice yeah like people would say i don't know how to change tires sharpen up it's, it's, if you spent two hours practicing how to change tires mm. i don't know hard school mm. you know and in a race if you get a flat tire which it's a it sucks not a game changer no but you know realistically five minutes Five to ten, yeah, yeah. You know, like if you really, if you're good at it. Mm. Um, whereas some people could be half an hour, or they could wait for them and mm. help to come along. Which good luck with that. Yeah. yeah, so many good YouTube clips and stuff you can watch these days in terms of learning how to do it, and it is just something you just got to practice. Yeah. Uh, lastly, dropping your nutrition again. Just having a game plan. You will drop your nutrition at some stage in a race, and these days, more and more people, myself included, will be carry you'll be trying to be self-sufficient out there carrying specific nutrition all the way through if you drop it you are pretty screwed but you've got to have a backup plan so that's five things that eventually will happen to you in a race i have had several of them happen not all but uh, okay, most of them i got one more you quit yep. you quit yes eventually, you eventually it's going to be a race have you ever quit in a race yes it's not a good feeling now what happened uh, I was just it was a youngster, and are you do, talking pulling out? Yeah, or pulling just out. Giving out. Yeah, no, yeah. I've pulled out of a couple, and it's it's not a good feeling. I pulled out once. Yeah, once I pulled out, and it was yeah, it, it broke my heart because mm. I, I was like, I'm not a quitter, mm. and yeah. So. But most of those ones um, we had above are largely preventable, yeah. or you can minimise um, the the damage it's going to do. So if you drop your nutrition, so I'm going to Kona seventy point three. I'm going to have my plan. Boom, boom, I'm going to do this. If I drop it, I'm going to go, right, I need to be getting an X amount of carbs um, per hour on the bike. I'm going to have to try to see what I can do with the on-course nutrition. Alternatively, if you're doing a full iron distance race, I'd probably have stuff, backup stuff and special needs both on the bike and the run just in case um, so you can do a bit of damage limitation. So what we're saying here is drop and do it. No, you've done it? Well, yeah, say you've got a bottle on the, the rear of your bike yeah. and it goes flying off. If it stays intact... You turn around and go pick it up. Yeah, but especially if you've got a specific nutrition. Most of the time, your bottle smashes yeah. and you're stuffed. Yeah. Okay, let's go one of the week. Now this week, because the last few weeks we've gone number 46, and then they've got a private profile. Number 28, private uh, profile. Uh, number 99, private profile. Dorks. I picked one out to use random.org. Don't call people dorks, Bevan. That's just unfriendly. Well, no, I picked dorks. out Nick Hankinson today. You probably don't know Nick. Hey, it's my job to pick the number. Well, I, well, I came pre-prepared. So I, I oh. used random.org instead of bevan.org. Oh, bevan.org uh, is amazing. And picked out number 45 on last week's Wang of the Week. So you, we have a list of 100 we can choose from. Yep. So uh, I picked out, well, no, I picked out number 45, Mark Funkster Bruce. Oh, cool. Mark Funkster. From Did Lund- we give him that name? Yeah, I think so. That's I think so. Cool. From the London borough of Havering in Greater London, UK. Oh, he's been cupped. Have you ever been cupped? 
Yeah, I saw that picture. That's disgusting. Have you ever had that done? Uh, you see people have done this big bruises all over their body. One, two, three, four, five. He's got about 10 cups. On his on, calf. Is that his calf? Yeah. And oh, that looks scary afterwards. It looks like you're. Have you ever had it done? No. Neither. No. It's no. obviously pressure release, but. Yeah. So um, last week, Mark did uh, a good amount of training. Let's have a quick. Oh, well, he's in private. No, he's not. Oh. No, no, I'm just. Uh, I've gone directly to the link. Yeah, a light December, but he's come back into 2022 strong. Yeah. Basically, from September through December, he was average. October, he didn't even do one. He, would have, he had a week off. Crikey, Dick, he did a big Zwift ride last week, 128.6 kilometers on a group ride on Zwift going around Mercury Islands. That's pretty interesting. Then he's getting outside for a bit of cold running. Did a TT ride last week on Zwift, did a bit of swimming, did a bit of everything. Yeah. Nice work, Mark. He's been an iconic listener of the show. He's been around for a long time. We've got old Mark, and he's he hasn't got any photos of himself, but he, oh, oh, there he is. He's got the mask on. He's got the mask photo. He's got the shoes. Oh, he's got a ninja outfit, John. Nice. Look at that, the ninja. Nice. So last week he did 15 activities, 4 hours 41 swimming, 7 hours 58 on the bike, and 3 hours and 2 minutes of running for 15 hours and 41 minutes in total. Good work considering it's middle of winter over in the UK and you have all those big storms last week blowing shit everywhere. I get the feeling Mark's a tight ass. <laughs> there you go, Mark. No, because you look at his photos, John. Here's one photo. He's got he's got some random photos, old Mark. Yeah. Got a photo of shoes that look pretty worn and torn, don't they? Yes. Look at the next photo. The next photo, he's put some tape over them. Nice. <laughs> Only a tight ass does something like that. Am I right? Don't think I've ever taped my shoes before. It looks like he's put new rubber underneath his shoes, but it looks like the shoes are pretty tired. He's obviously a ninja. Mark's yeah. a very interesting man. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Okay, that's our winger of the week. Mark, Mark, what is it, Mark? Funkster Brooks. Funkster Brooks, you are our winger, winger of the week. week. Okay, you swim set. What did you do? We cranked it out this morning, uh, 1,000 metres to begin with, where we were going 150 metres freestyle and then 100 IM, just repeating that. So it's a 250 metre sort of circuit. We do that four times through continuously. Uh, then we did an 800, where you're building pace each 200. So I think I started uh, each 200, I was going five seconds quicker. So I think I went 305, three minutes, 255, 250, something like that. Uh, then we did a 600 where you're going 25 fast, 50 steady to have some nice change in speed. A 400 hard, uh, and then a 200 where you're doing 25 drill, 25 free, and then 100 fast, and then a warm down. 3.3 Ks. So it went 1,000, 800, 600, 400, 200, 100, warm down. 3.3 Ks. Banged it out. John, the Rebel, and some other people in Christchurch. Had the not challenge Wanaka race on the weekend. We did. Indeed. So what did you do? You swam 5.4. Swam 5.4 kilometres open water in very confused seas. So in Christchurch, we have a beach called Scarborough Beach, which is where I hold um, one is of my events. Is this ever doing that? Yeah, it's epic. And then there's this big headlands you go around and there's another beach um, 2.7 k's away. Yep. And you're basically swimming along the outside of cliffs. There is no out option whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> and How many are doing it? Uh, there's only a handful of us, six I think did both ways and yep. uh, a couple that did uh, one way. Uh, as some of always wanted to do, there's rips and things like that, you just got to navigate. We had plenty of support, we had a, um, a jet ski and then we had two or three sort of kayaks and sucks okay. and stuff, so it was pretty safe. Um, but it was it was wicked, we started, the sun was rising out of the water. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, it was, so it wait, was you started cool. in Sumner? Started Scarborough, 2.7 k's around to this beach called Taylor's Mistake. I told the guys, I've looked at the surf report, there's definitely going to be some waves today. It was choppy <laughs> as shit all the way around the swim. Like, it was really confused seas. You'd be getting bashed all over the place, so you're like a rag doll out there. Um, wasn't dangerous, wasn't scared. Were you solo swimming or did you have someone else to swim with? Uh, we, did a, we sort of drifted all over the place, but okay. we all had our little... Um, and you know, high vis sort of inflatable buoys that we were dragging, so you could see where people were, yep. so you weren't panicking. And um, so, I highly recommend them if you're doing any of this sort of swimming because the visibility is massively enhanced. So, it's 2.7 k's there. When we're coming into this beach, it's a surf beach, and I'm looking, going, There's a few waves coming in here. Catching a wave, <laughs> king of the waves. I'm catching a wave here, and we caught a, caught a wave in, which was, which was really cool. But then going back out, holy crap, some of the couple of the weaker swimmers struggled to get out through the surf. Oh, really? When you're swimming with those swim boys behind oh, with they pull you, you back. they just pull you back. I was thinking, this is about to break. This is about to break. 
when we got back to the other end, one of the guys said, your mind broke off. Oh, really? Uh, but they were good size waves um, that you had to sort of navigate through. So it was hard work getting back into the water and getting back through the breaks. And then... Uh, How long did it take you? It took about an hour and a half or so. Okay. So it was Did quite, you enjoy it? Yeah, it was great. It was just a real good challenge. And um, a bit of a name check for good old Kylie Cox and Gail Harvey Haywood. They're not the strongest swimmers. Yep. You know, they're good. They're good. Really yep. good age group athletes. But for someone like me to do that swim, you're like, this is really cool. It's a good, yeah. good little challenge, but I'm not phased by it whatsoever. But for um, slightly weaker swimmers who don't have the same sort of open water experience, they did extremely well oh, to, to get out through there. Um, so it was good. And then we went out and did a bike ride, uh, 60 kilometres with 1,300 metres of climbing. Uh, it's basically all hills the what whole way. We went around the bays, then up Gibby's Pass, along Summit Road and yep. down. Okay. So you've got... There's a tiny little stretch of flat in the in the middle, but there's a long climb, a six kilometre climb at seven point three percent. Took me two hours and twenty riding at sort of Ironman to half Ironman effort, normalised power of two forty one watts, and then we did a run around Godly Head, which is an eighteen k trail run with seven hundred fifty metres of elevation. So it was a big day at the office, an hour and a half swim, two hours twenty on the bike, hour forty I think it took me on the run. Um, so did yeah. you win? Well, it wasn't really a race. Did you win? But I did. Yeah. Um, We're now coming into in your face. Yeah. Yep. Because Challenge Monica was supposed to be on last weekend and we wanted a bit of a challenge because most of us were supposed to be heading down to do that. And for me, awesome. Wanted to go do that swim. Love little iconic challenges like that. And then it was a bit of a Morton test for me with the old Morton yeah, nutrition. So tell me talk, about it. So you, about. You, you've, you know, we've been talking about it on the show. It's, you know, the, the theory is you get a lot more calories in, which is going to give you a lot more energy. So talk me through it. Yeah, so it was a bit of an experiment for me because I haven't used, I've, I've tried it, love the, love the taste and uh, love the consistency of it, but I hadn't really tested it. And this, I thought this is a great opportunity. But the key thing is for me that I knew is I'm not very fit at the moment. Fitness is building. What I really need to determine is if I'm starting fatigue, is that just, leg fatigue you know muscular fatigue or have I not taken on enough nutrition and so you know energy fatigue versus lack of strength and endurance so for me I had a my breakfast was a sort of overnight oats so just rolled oats um, have some pear in there a whole bunch of nuts and seeds and all that sort of stuff we did the swim um, which as I said took an hour and a half and then I had a, an Ems bar um, and then out on the bike I thought I'm going to try just taking two of their uh, the Morton 320 drinks so they have 80 grams of carbs in each one of them was the non-caffeinated, one was the caffeinated. Um, the key thing that I, I made a bit of an error here, I only have two bottle cages on my bike and it was really hot. Uh -huh. And I'm going through the first hour thinking I've had a bar and I've almost finished this entire bottle of drink. And so I've had 80 grams from the, from the Morton drink and you know about the same again from a bar and sort of overloading my system a little bit but I didn't have any water to wash it down so that's my one thing that I did wrong there I needed to have that third bottle because I could I needed some water to sort of wash things down so you do have to be a little bit careful on, on how you sort of structure things when you go into a race to make sure you've got some access to water so that was my plan on the bike is to have that bar before and have the two two shots of 80 grams and that worked pretty well for the for the for the bike felt good all the way through the the caffeinated side of things helped quite a bit I took that in the second half and that gave me a nice little lift in arousal levels but then I made my second mistake Bevan <laughs> is coming off the bike thinking sweet going off for the run I was going to carry two gels and and two little things of water on a, on a fuel belt um, I thought I have a gel when I get to the top of the climb but that Ended up taking me 40 minutes to get up to there. Oh, okay. <laughs> so left a bit late. By that stage, I was like just about lights out going, oh, dear me. Had the gel within five minutes, back in the game. Oh, really? Uh, so really, the, the Morton, I had the caffeinated gel, really got me back in the game, and then I was sweet for the rest of the run. Um, so yeah, it was a... So, so how many calories were you taking in an hour, do you think? Uh, so on the bike, I had um, 160. An so hour? No, no, not an hour. So that was spread over uh, two hours, 20. So, so about 80. Yeah, so for me, I, I, it's probably more like 70. I need to up things yeah, a bit more. Yeah. But that's still quite a bit, you know, um, but I, can, I didn't really have any stomach issues other than just needing a bit more water. I would have spread it out a little bit more. But you guys will hear all the wonderful stories from Morton people, you know, in terms of, you know, Jan Fredino uses it and the Gustav Eden and all those guys, and they use it a lot and they take in a lot. But you've got to find what works for you. And for me, what I found out at the weekend is I can actually tolerate more than I thought I could 
and I need to just up it a little bit more and I can safely do that. So um, I really love the consistency of the gels. You have those and you're kind of like, you had one. Mm. It's kind of like eating it. Yeah. Um, but just no aftertaste. You don't have that sort of stickiness in your in your mouth. It just goes down and uh, yeah, got me back on track in a big way. Well, so. I, I just think one other thing that... Um is you do want to you want to train yourself to use it? Mm. You know what I mean. Like it is, you know, if you go from just doing what you normally done to try pumping, you know, hundred um, calories, you know, there will be some kind of learning how to implement it into your own kind of life. Totally. So, guys, it's available on most of the Ironman courses if you're doing Ironman brace, branded races. So check out Morton um, and give it a try. And as I said, you know, for a lot of you guys, you may go loving this. Going to use it exclusively. Others of you, it might become part of your backup plan, as we mentioned before. You know, if you've got a product that's worked for you lots of times before, but if you drop it, what are you going to do on race day? Morton's going to be one of the ones that's available. Um, and so you just need to make sure that, you know, it works for you. And um, I'm enjoying it. I just like, like the flavor and like not having that sort of aftertaste afterwards. Yeah, it's good stuff. Okay, uh, we don't have an interview because they, they cancelled on us. So let's go to the end of the show. We'll go, let's say thank you to our patrons. Paul, the Swindler Tuck. Michael, Super Hot Rod uh, Parrot. And Nadine, Flower Power Voice. She had a birthday I saw on Facebook the other day. 21. 21 plus 29. 29. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, the big birthday. Happy birthday for, well, I think it was a, a week or two ago, Nadine. She's a lovely person she is. If you want to uh, support the show, you go to www.imtalk.me, go through the process, you give us donations. You basically, you just pick the boys, which we love. You get a gift, go and draw to win prizes. If you want to get show email to you, front page down the bottom, it's simple as that. If you want some coaching, coachjohnnewson.com. For my podcast, I do a really interesting podcast yesterday I think so if you want to listen to something I went deeper into that kind of voice in your head stuff which, okay. I've been, which I, I'm thinking is life changing Great. Um, com and cool content such as age group of the week websites and other feedback I'm talk podcast at gmail.com John your goss I've got to give another plug for my little Kona camp because that's all now locked in and stuff so if people want to come over to Kona you've got to get on it pretty quick I have got entries for the 70.3 race but they have to be locked and loaded pretty quickly so the camp is uh, at the end of May and then it finishes off with the Kona 70.3 it is awesome over there the race is great and we get to see the whole island and you get to hang out with a cool bunch of people so we've got a wide spread of abilities. So if you're someone who's thinking, oh, um, it's, too, it's too much for me, if you're nice and fit and you're basically racing, you'll probably be okay. Get in touch. Um, we've got some fast people. We've got some medium people. We've got some slower people. So uh, yeah, if you're, if you're basically if you're, if you're comfortable doing a half Ironman, you should be fine. Uh, that's uh, my, that's not really my goss. Yeah, what's your goss? Advert. Uh, what is my goss, Bevan? Um, who knows what the hell is happening with this COVID thing? It's causing me no end of grief trying to, Look into my crystal ball and see what the hell is going to happen in the When's next couple of weeks. On the 13th of March is my next event, which is... In is it Sea to Sky? Sea to Sky Challenge. And it's just really... I know a lot of you guys overseas are on the other end and everything's sort of not back to normal, but over here, it's, everyone's just got different opinions and uh, there seems to be an intent for people wanting to race, or at least there was a week ago. Um, it's just a... How many people are you getting it? I'll limit it to about 250. And you can make that work? Yep, can make that work. Um, the coast said about 250. Yeah. Although so they're different because they're kind of spreading out from the mm, moment at the start. It's just challenging, just not knowing what the hell is going to happen in the next couple of months. Yeah, this is the worst of it. Mm. Yeah, this is because we're in that moment where, like, it looks like Omicron, you know, two months down the piece, it's going to be out there and we're kind of going to move on. Um, but at this stage, we're still in that kind of restriction phase so it's different everywhere else in the world's different phase to us we're yeah. just a bit special a bit special <laughs> um any other goss no that's about it bevan my my big session at the weekend sort of was was a big big highlight of the week yeah, well, that's good uh what's my goss john my goss is the band played on friday night right uh probably best i, I don't play the greatest mm. but the best feel of the band yeah we we were cranking it uh pull my neck again Oh dear. Headbang is not good for your body, John. Right. Yeah, woke up and it's all neck, so that was not good. Uh, they can't have much of a crowd, though, at the moment, can they? The, the pubs? Some of the pubs don't care much about rules. Right. <laughs> there weren't many masks at this pub, I tell you, John. We're not going to name the pub. No, they, they support live music. I'm not complaining. Um, and they're up dancing. <laughs> so, uh, but it's not, it's not a big pub anyway. Um, so they had that. What else has it been up to? I'm going to cricket on Friday. 
Oh, this could be a bit of another mismatch. She's South Africans. No match for us. We downtrod them, didn't we? It's embarrassing for them. Lovely dates. Have you been to the, the cricket at Hagley Park? No. Oh, you've got to do it. Yeah. And test cricket's only 25 bucks for right. a day. So it's a great day out. Hagley Park's almost like the perfect venue for cricket. So I'm going to do that. Joe and I are going to go to cricket. Uh, my book cover's finished. Right. So that's good. Yep. Um, the book's going to come out in June. Okay. Very excited about the book. Excited but confused. Uh, been running again. Mm-hmm. Yep, doing a bit of running. Three, mm-hmm. three thirty-minute sessions a week. Nice. Yeah, just building. Get back to square one. Uh, and then that's about it, John. Very good. Yep, is that an hour? Is it? Yeah, five. Yeah, five. <laughs> smashed the brain. Plus the bonus forty we did earlier. <laughs> <laughs> right, then let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Train hard. Train smart. Kia, Kia car. car.